But dude, I, a girl came over, like the, a girl I had a date with, and she looked at that mirror. She's like, this is a terrible mirror. So I don't know. Is it a good one or what? Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, we got Mario Bosco getting ready over there in the corner in the freaking uh, on deck circle, I guess we'll say. Guys, Ted Jones Comedy Show, Thursday, March 16th, 8 p.m. And guys, we'll get Mario on a show uh, shortly. Hopefully April. You, you around in April? Yeah, depending on what day. Always dressed to the nines, bud. That's right. Always know. to the nines. What's up? How you sounding? I'm sounding Scooch cool. over a little bit. Get comfortable. All right, I'm comfortable. Mario, what's up? Good to see you. Thanks for coming thank on the you, couch. Thank you. Thank you. My hands are a little sticky from the hair gel. Sexy oh. hair product. <laughs> Looking good. You know what show I've been watching a bunch recently? Oh, yeah? I'm sure you can imagine if I'm, if I'm bringing it up like this. Uh, Sopranos. Sopranos. I just got into it, in fact. Like, this is the first time in my life I've ever watched almost all six seasons. How old are you? 31. And you waited this long? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it was just always intimidating, the length of it. You know, and I knew that it came out in, what, I guess, like 1998, something like that? It's only 72 episodes, I think, eight, 79 episodes in total. Was but it the only? thing was, when I when it came out, you know, I was... I, what? It came out in 99 was our first... No, I know. That's what I said. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said 80. No, 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 no. When I came... But like when I was... Um, when, I think when it was first introduced, I was just too young. And then how, it became intimidating. How old were you when, when in, in uh, 2000? Nine. Nine oh, or yeah. ten. You yeah. know what I mean? But at 20, 22, 23, 24, you should have already watched it. I know. Because I, I was watching all those other nonsensical so shows. watching that show, does it make you... Get like some people like they go out and buy like if they watch Welcome Back Carter back in the day, they would. I don't know if you know Welcome Back Carter. <laughs> oh my! I'm just God. smiling at you. That's you before guess. my time, guys. Welcome Back Carter, guys, was with John Travolta. It was a teacher. It was Gabe Carter. It was a uh, Gable Carter from Brooklyn, and it took place at the Utrecht High School. But they filmed it in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles studio, and Travolta used to be like. The Grease Lightning guy with the leather jacket up. It was that era, Saturday Night Fever. Was that before Grease and Saturday Night Fever? Yes, it was very before. And he'd come out with, yeah, what do you want to do? At that time, Stallone had just released um, Rocky and Rambo. So it was like a mixed combination of that with The Godfather 2. And it, and it was a fantastic show. But a lot of the young kids... In the neighborhood that I know of, in Bensonhurst, used to go out and buy leather jackets at that time. And when Andrew Dice Clay started wearing them again the Dice Man. in the not early, mid-80s, late-80s, everybody I knew would go to the nightclub. And i go, hey, what are you going on? And they go, oh, I got the jacket on. What jacket? <laughs> I go, what, the jerk-off jacket? Oh, shit. Uh, People yeah. didn't like it? You know what it is? Um, why intimidate somebody? Um, if like back in the day, everybody like I was one of those in the kids in the year, I was a big Michael Jackson fan. So I had to have the beaded jacket. Um, and I would go get the, uh, members only jacket cause they didn't really have the, in red and I'd have the, the seamstress, which was my aunt, um, sew on all kinds of stuff to make it look like the Michael Jackson to go. This is the original Michael Jackson guy. You're a little peewee. That guy is f five, six feet tall. And the hell are you wearing his jacket? But was it like an Italian thing to start wearing those uh, leather jackets, you think? 
I think it was the cuisine. Back today, we have the guidos. What does the cuisine mean again? A cuisine is like a guido. Cuisine. Yo, hey, yo, oh, hey. You got a sig. Yeah. So wait. I think James Gandolfini, by the way, is the best actor, I think, of all time. Watching him eat during this series, I don't think people realize that the amount of times this guy's eating and probably spitting it out in between takes. He it's never spit beautiful. it. Beautiful. Oh, you think he's eating the entire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure. Listen, when you when you have to film a movie, because I've been in a lot of sets, you have constituity and where I probably messed that word, where they, you have to, there's chicken cutlet on the plate and a scoop of mashed potato. Everything has to match because right. when the camera turns, if this is missing on the mashed potatoes and this is not right, everything has to be crafted. So they'll say, take, like, argue with Carmela, but cut your chicken color. <laughs> and when you cut the chicken color, cut it this way so that when you cut it again, you cut it in the same spot. He's always yelling, too. I love it. That's something that could easily get lost in translation, especially if, like, you're drinking something. It goes from a full glass to an empty glass. So let's, I want to start uh, from the beginning. So you grew up in Bensonhurst. Yeah, I grew up in Midwood. Um, Midwood, Queens. Midwood, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Do, pe do people say Queens sometimes and mess that up like I just did? No, not really. Everybody pretty much <laughs> knows like um, Middle Village is in Queens. That's what I was thinking about, for Midwood real. Midwood is where like, um, uh, what's her name, uh, from uh, um, my cousin Vinny, um, not Joe Pesci. Oh my God, she's on my tip of my tongue. She went to Midwood High School. Very famous. That's what, you went to Midwood High School. No, they wouldn't even let me come through the gate. Why? Because <laughs> I was terrible. I was a bad educator. Marissa Tomei. Oh, went. Marissa Tomei. Okay, yeah. dude. So she went to um, middle school where I went to middle school. Oh wow! Randomly, you go? Friends Seminary in um, 16th Street and Second Avenue. Yes. Because she, her parents, I think, moved there after Midwood or before Midwood. Um, I know she went to a Midwood High School. Her mother is a lawyer. Okay. Or her father's a lawyer. Yeah, I, I just remember, you know, because as you know, when you have a celebrity going to your high school, everybody's talking about it. So what, what was the deal uh, growing up? You were a bad kid? I, you know, there's nobody likes school. You got to be a big fan of school. Uh, you're getting a phone call. Speaking of school. Uh, no, I ain't getting no phone calls. Somebody no, it was just a buzz. Just a buzz. You know, education, you know, I believe you, you can't always go on, and you could hear it from Steve Harvey. Education, you cannot always go on. You need more than education. Because if you miss one thing, a lot of these young kids, they're also brain smart, book smart, genius smart, and then you tell them to hail a cab and they have no clue. Yeah, you need those New York street smarts. You need street smarts. You need to come off the streets. You need to, what makes you the perfect actor. It's what makes you the perfect. Um, Balanced. What was, what was that? You just went like. Oh, I don't know. Just money. About being perfect. They, you need street smarts. What made. Travolta, <laughs> what made a lot of these people is because they hung around the streets. I did a movie called Bullet with Mickey Rock, Tupac Shakur, Ted Levine, and um, and uh, Abe, for, uh, Abe, what was his name, the guy from, I'm bad with names today, it's um, Adrian Brody. and Pianist. The pianist, yes. And it was called Bullet, and Adrian played the drug addict brother to Mickey Rock, and, and Tupac was in the gang. And and we did a scene, and the director goes, wow. He goes, why do you have like that? You're like, you just 
just roll right off the dirt. And you woke up and you play in that role like some of these kids that came from Jersey. Like, are we going to prep school in New Jersey? Prep, 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 prep school. Prep, prep. Like, shut that fucking prep school up your ass. <laughs> because you ain't going no place you know, with I, that prep school. I started uh, taking the subway to school by myself when I was like 12 years old. So that was a big that was a big step, you know, for a kid that age. It especially is. Especially being in New it York. It is. I mean, I don't pray to nobody. To ever have to see things that I see, not that I've seen like shootings and stuff. Well, like. let's hear it. Come on. But you, you, you know, fist fights and beggars. I was a guy one time. He pretended to be homeless, collecting money. He had he all of a sudden he recognized me because my mother and his wife were friends, and he played the fake bum to collect the money until some guy gave him a real beating and took his uh. He used to have this boom box around his neck and oh, the money. I need the money. Give me the money. This guy. I had two houses already paid off. Was the mob pre- pretty like prevalent in Brooklyn growing up? I, I'm a quarter Italian, by the way, so um, I could have ended up growing up with you just so uh, I grew up here. Well, you know what it is. Um, the mob of what used to be is no longer existing. How do you mean? Because back then, they, you didn't have street cameras. You didn't have people talking. Back then, there would be old Definitely. women in the, in the thing. They would see somebody get shot, and, and they'd be like, they'd close their window, and they'd go home and cook their chicken cutlets for their husband and family. It was like nobody's like, it's just like you see a car accident, some people go, oh! And, and that's and, about it. And like some people go, oh, you okay? Yeah. And go beyond their own business. So... Today, you have a lot of street cameras. Cars have cameras on them. So a lot of the things that used to take place don't take place anymore. The high hand of power. I mean, it's I'm an entertainer. I don't know anything about this. Based off of books. <laughs> yes, obviously. Based off of Man Grab the Water? Or is it? Yeah, of course. That water is all you. Okay, based you, you off Get of, out of there. Here, I got you. I got yeah, you. that'd be good. And, based off the... What and I, movies and reading and growing up and not seeing anything, but just the way that people portray the mafia and the mob. And also, like, watching Sopranos, I really feel like I do have a behind-the-scenes peek a little bit. I mean, the only one that was any sort of legit of any kind, I would say, was... Goodfellas? No, real person in Sopranos. Oh. Because so, any actor... Is James, you mean? No, James Gandolfini was not mobster. No. Uh, Paulie Walnuts. Paulie Walnuts. It's crazy that uh, I'm just at the part right now um, where he found out that his aunt was his mom and his mom was his aunt because it would have been a bad luck if she was sleeping around back in the GI days. Was there a strong sense of culture in your neighborhood? Was there like a deli that everybody went to? Had yeah. prosciutto, yeah. mozzarella. I said those two right. You said them wrong, but you what? Yeah, it's prosciutto and mozzarella. Bro, I feel like people say them differently though. If I have to hear one more person go and say, "Can I have a pound of mozzarella?" Can I have a pound of mozzarella? Just you from know, the south. When I first met um, Dominic. Leonelli. He's a very funny comedian. Dominic was on the couch, by the way. Pop up that uh, thumbnail where he was on if you guys want to check that out after this. Feel free. So Dominic is a good friend of mine. He's a great. I love Dominic. He's great. But when I met Dominic, he <laughs> goes, I, I think I'm going to go have some um, uh, kappa cool with some uh, salami and mozzarella. Haram! Well, I thought he was Italian. I said, excuse me? I said, what's your name? He goes, 
Dominic, I go, he goes, Dominic I'm Leonelli. He goes, Dominic Leonelli, you're Dominic Leonelli, you're Italian. I got to respect you as an Italian, and you're going to love Kappa Cool, Kappa this. Why don't you copy your ass down to the store? Copa to the fucking cabana. My, gra- the- <laughs> my grandpa's uh, last name was Caracciolo, but for radio, he switched it to Car. Oh. So that was a nice little Italian thing. He grew up in Staten Island. Oh. Yeah. Do you like Staten Island? Thank you. Thank you. You put a smile on my face. Listen, it's, it's fine. It's nice. It's nice suburban listen, place close to Manhattan. It's, I got to be honest with you. If it was my place of choice to live, it would be Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, then maybe Staten Island or the Bronx. Have you been in Brooklyn your whole life? Yeah. But it's not even about that. Like, I'll go to Staten Island Mall because I like, I'm, I'm friendly with a lot of stores there. I, they already know who I am. And I'll just go, oh, I'll go to King's Plaza. But to be honest with you, King's Plaza Mall is more out of my way in a way than running to Staten Island. People are like, wait a minute. Well, because it's like right on the northern part of the island that people right. don't really go to, right? Right. I take one bus. And it takes me right to cross the bridge into the right to the yeah. front of the mall. For me to get to King's Plaza, I got to take two to three buses, and I ain't doing that. And there's no subway trains either. Like there's like a lot of shows I've booked on Staten Island that I've gotten booked on. They're like, I'm gonna get the. Bu-. One guy goes, "You gotta take the boat, the boat." Yeah, from Italy. Michael, That's some racist ass shit. I go, wait a minute, you want me to go get the love boat? What boat do you <laughs> want me to get, you fucking mama Luke? What, what was the best part about growing up Italian in Brooklyn? Good sense of neighborhood? Um, good sense of neighborhood. Um, you could smell walking down the street on Sunday the tomato sauce from all the different windows. Wow, that's dope. You could smell... The meatballs cooking. And you could hear the sizzling of the frying pans. I'm not even making this up. This is all true. And you would see Italians out the, out their windows. You could see. And I feel it's a disappointment. And I don't blame the people that have moved in. The gentrification. Well, gentrification. Um, a lot of different races that have moved in. I don't blame them because they're looking to upgrade their life and buy into a different neighborhood. Uh, and they did wanted to get out, some moved to Staten Island, thinking that's going to be the next uh, Brooklyn Italian. Do people still have their hands in businesses like they did in a show like Sopranos? No, no, that's that's that's. I I don't know any place else. I don't know how. I know Boston has a very heavy, heavy. I've gotten thrown out of a social club in Boston. I went in there. I go, hey, I got a flyer for a show. I'm doing. Guy goes, get out. A comedy show. Yeah, guy goes, get out. (laughs) Come to my comedy show. I'm like, can you come to my comedy show? He goes, what are you? Beat it, kid. He goes, are you a Spanish or Irish? I said, no, I'm a Sicilian. Get out. Oh, Sicilian. Do you watch uh, White Lotus yet? No, I haven't. That's the, the I don't hotel have time. in Sic- yeah, Sicily. I yeah. don't have time. Yeah, I hear to, you um, exactly. It's inti- it's an intimidating thing. No, I don't really All have. Those long to, shows. I don't be honest with you. I love the classic sitcoms. I'm into the '80s sitcoms. The Love Boat, the 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 Lucy Show. I'm big. I love Lucy Fair, Lucille Ball. I like a lot of the old sitcoms because to me, Cheers, The Cosby Show. That's where pure, pure, pure laughter came from. Your family is from Sicily? Yes. My mother's sister is still there. My cousins are still there. And So when did uh, your family, your mother and father come here? 1960. They got married in 61 and, and they moved nice. here in 64. 
Oh, so they got married in Sicily, or yeah, they got married. They were, my father, unfortunately, was supposed to be born in Sicily, but my grandmother came here um, to see my grandfather. He used to change the lights on the corner with the gas lamps. On used to pull the level down to so cause. So it was fire. It used to be no, fire. No, yeah, you never knew that. Well, I'm sure, right? Because they didn't have electricity, of course. They had a gas thing, so the guy would <coughs> that he would cut, he would cut, throw the the thing on, and then woof. And it would be uh, the when the flame was on, you would you would not drive, you would stop because it was letting you know. New stop. York history. And then when he um, it would, he would turn it off after a certain time, whatever it is, a minute. That time they didn't have that many cars on the road. That time maybe you had, you know, everybody lived in the city, everybody lived in the neighborhood. You probably don't remember or don't even know about what they used <laughs> to call block parties. Block parties were the best parties it was um you'd have to get back then they, you didn't need permission from the city you would just say hey we're gonna do it next sunday you sure start grilling sausages but and shit everybody comes down with coolers of coolers of food sausages hamburgers hot dogs chicken not chicken wings my mother's no what's it these a chicken and wing get the wing get the chicken and oh no no there's nothing over there real chicken where did they and, come from and then some people would make some trays of lasagna and some people and all the neighbors would all gather down the block and they'd either and they would invite family over they would invite people over and then and it would be like a whole big mishmash of everybody walking around having, oh, look, I baked the muddy, I made the cookies. Oh, Lucia, she made the cannolis. Oh, Tadamasia. Do you have a lot of family growing up in that area in Brooklyn? Yeah, we had a, we had a big, big family. Um, when people, sorry, go ahead. So my mother and I, my mother and father had me and my, had my sister and me. That was first. Then we, my mother had an uncle here who was married and he had three kids. So they were my cousins and we hung out. On my f- then there was other relatives, my uncle's sister and this one and that one. Then my my uncle's wife, which is my aunt Dana, to marriage, but he he had a whole another thirty forty people on that side of the family. Like when we'd all meet up for parties, one birthday it would be eighty forty people, <laughs> forty to eighty to, people. No, I hear you, Tom. How was the neighborhood growing up fun, um, fun, back fun. then? It wasn't dangerous? People would think that it'd be dangerous. It wasn't dangerous because we lived on the streets. We we grew up on the streets. You had to have that street smart, like I said earlier. You you cannot you cannot survive. When I talk to these kids today, and I talk to a lot of people, I talk to people I know that are in, um, uh, in the city, in Brooklyn, and, and, and I'll be like, did you see this show called Mark and Mindy or... Laverne and Shirley, or they're like, no, the honeymooners, and like, we don't know what it is. Is it on HBO? Mm-hmm. Is it on Netflix? I'm like, it's on your sister's ass. <laughs> Why don't you look it up where it is so you can learn something? When did you start seeing the neighborhood change? I say over the years. I'd say I was like born. Like there wasn't like a pinpoint? I was 73. I was born in 73. I just turned 50. So I would say probably by... Uh, late 80s, mid to late, probably late 80s when the neighborhood started turning. In a good way, would you say? Yeah, no, in a bad way. Well, in a d- different way, in a, in a modern way. I shouldn't say not good or bad. I would say in a modern way. The reason I would say the modern way is because um, the people move out. Somebody's family member dies, they have to empty out that apartment now somebody's moving back in. They may not be um, Italians. 
They may be Jewish. They may be African-American. They may be Asian. They may be Irish or Scottish. God bless them. I was walking down um, a neighborhood called 18th Avenue, Brooklyn, the other day. And 18th Avenue used to be 100% only Italian. And they used to not, were not allowed to sell their homes or businesses to none other than another Italian. Who put that law in place, though? Was um, that like some sort of I guess that law, when, when they crime? picked, I don't know if it was organized crime. I think when they picked that neighborhood for the Italians. Right, like they were like, our aunt, our, all our relatives are going to come over. This is where we're staying. Like don't we sell knew, to anyone knew, besides who they're right, coming We knew over. like in Manhattan, we knew Chinatown was for, for Chinese yeah, like and Little Asians. And, but on this side of Little Italy was um, for the Italians. But we always, we were always, you know, Italians love Chinese food, um, especially on Christmas Day or on a day that it rains. Go get a bag of Chinese food or Sunday. Like today, yeah, bag today of Chinese said, food. Today's a bag of Chinese food. Go to Waha or we just go to like bamboo. chicken on a skewer? Yeah, well, that's modern. We used to, uh, you know, fried rice and then a bag of spare ribs. And the bag of spare ribs were delicious because as soon as you opened them, that heat of the ribs would come out and that tasteful barbecue-ish uh, soy saucy, sweet, salty. Delicious. Delicious. So we had, I don't want to sound um, race. You're going to edit this, right? Yeah. Okay. You, you, you know, I don't want to sound like, um, <laughs> like, oh my God, this is like such an idiot. No. Um, uh, I feel like that walking down 18th Avenue the other day. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this neighborhood is gone. Like, they'll celebrate Columbus Day. They'll celebrate, you know, uh, the 18th Avenue Festival. But outside of that, the Italians are gone. Whether they've gone two different places, Staten Island, New Jersey, or the heaven, you know? Do you still have a lot of friends that are in Midwood, like that you grew up with? Or people that Not maybe... Not really. Did anyone get involved in the wrong things being in Brooklyn in those years? Oh, I'm sure I got involved in a few, you know, misdemeanors, things like, like what, you know, not misdemeanors, you know, mishaps or missituations like stealing stuff from delis or what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's hilarious. You're stealing the meat stick. What's that thing called? No. The kielbasa. Well, that's not I Italian. stole one time. I, I stole um, <laughs> uh, sprinkles for cupcakes. I wanted, sprinkles for cupcakes. I wanted to make five homemade cents. cookies. No, they weren't five cents at that time. They were dollar ninety nine. Oh, oh, it's like had. a full thing. Okay, it was a little jar of uh, colorful rainbow balls, little sprinkle rainbow balls, balls, rainbow balls, and <laughs> and um and we were gonna make cookies. I want to make cookies. I really wanted them. And in my house, if I said we're making cookies, guess it's what? It's happening, bud. We're making cookies. There ain't no doubt about that. If I'm gonna put that oven on, we're making cupcakes. I'm making cup. One time Sprinkle I made that shit. Yep. One time I made over seven hundred cupcakes for an autistic fundraiser. The hell? Oh, nice. My okay. mother walked up. She goes, "Ma, get cuts as What is all this over here? Ma, I gotta bake for the for the charity." And she goes, "Ma, what?" 700 cupcakes donation wait so you ended up stealing to donate to charity no no that's when i would do the apple cup but i stole those because i wanted to make those cookies and i stole a thing of sprinkles but the store owner frank who used to cut the cold cuts with a cigarette in his mouth he 
he uh, calls me, he caught me, and he, um, I dropped the thing, and the, the thing went. Oh hit my the god, the worst way. What did he press charges, or he told no, your mom? No, worse. no, he told my dad. He told my dad. <laughs> he told you that. And when I came upstairs, my father gave me a slap. He goes, "Now you steal from people we know." I go, "Dad, you know I needed the sprinkles." Wait, so what was the time stealing from the people you didn't know? Well, selling candy for school and never giving the money or the candy. Oh, but I feel like everybody does that, right? And those oh, kids do. who need uh, money for their basketball team on the subway, typically, yeah. No, that <laughs> I, I would never. I tell you, yesterday, and I'm not saying this, God forgive me, because I'm not doing it for, for praises. I'm yeah, we edit. Well, I don't know if we're going to edit this out, but go ahead. <laughs> I felt so bad yesterday. I felt the, the urge of God pushing me yesterday, and I felt his power in me, and I was like, and there was this nice lady um, going, to, I was going to the subway, I was going um, to um, to the Dreamer's house um, to do some uh, filming, um, and um, this poor lady, she reminded me of my mother. My mom's dead now, uh, two and eight, be three years in October. And, um, R.I.P., Rest in peace. Oh, I do your rest. R.I.P. You're going to send it in. Yeah, R.I.P. No. So I felt bad. She goes, I'm so hungry. I don't know what. And I felt like, oh, God, Jesus. So I went and bought her a hot dog and a Snapple peach. And the guy gave me lemon. And I, was, she, I said, if this woman asks is me, can I bring it back and change it for peach? I'm going to hit her with the bottle. And I gave it a hot dog. And I'm like, should I touch her hand? I don't have gloves on. And I went and, and I'm not, and I don't skeeve anybody. Listen, I'm a, I'm a heartfelt person. I wear my heart on my sleeve. If I feel like these people are out there, like those, there's sometimes young kids dancing in Times Square. Um, sometimes there's um, homeless men, but they just have a couple of buckets and, uh, and they got lucky. They got maybe some drumsticks, you know, maybe that's the one thing they took with them and they just busking, them, but, yeah. And they just, do, 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 do. you know what? I'll throw in a few dollars. Why not? How were your early 20s being in New York City? Did you come to Manhattan a lot? Were you at clubs like Caroline's? How did that look like for you? Um, I used to audition. I got into show business at the age of 14. Uh, Bill Cosby got me in show business. So, um, no, he never sexually <laughs> so harassed That was my next question. No, 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 no. Um, Mr. Cosby is more than a gentleman, um, respectful, and unfortunately... Somebody coming up? No, I don't know. Sorry, that was probably just, they're probably ringing every buzzer to get into the building. We're hey! good. Just us. Just hey, us. Cool it down there. So All right, we're good. Go ahead. Sorry, Mario. So I was walking down Avenue M, which was uh, my neighborhood, because I was on O, so M would, you know, my mother would never let me go more than four or five blocks. You know, my father would never let me get on. The first time I got on the train, my father wanted to beat me with a stick. And he, uh, we'll get to the next part after that. So I'm walking down the street, and I see this girl, and I go, and I'm in front of the NBC studio in Brooklyn. Brooklyn only had one studio, maybe two, but one was NBC. And to be having an NBC studio in Brooklyn was like, because they had one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan, one in Beverly Hills. So it wasn't like all over the places. They were like, I, maybe they had others all over different states for news. and But to film a TV show sitcom, no. So they 
So one day I'm walking and this girl has milk in a bum bag. What happened? She goes, I bumped into Lisa Bonet and she got milk. My milkshake exploded all over her and me. Now I don't remember if Lisa had the milkshake or whatever. And I go, Lisa Bonet. <gasps> My God. You don't even know who she is. And you're like, I know that B-O-N-N-E-T, something like that, right? Or like it's spelled. I, I've seen B- the name. I've seen the name. B-O-N-E-T. Okay. Okay. So I go, so I turn around and I I said, what, what are you talking about, Lisa Bonet? And she goes, she's on a TV show called The Cosby Show. She plays Denise Huxtable. And I'm like, they're here in Brooklyn. I didn't know where they filmed. They had to be right in my neighbor. She goes, yeah, they filmed the show here. So for some reason, I don't know, I believe God makes me do things that he wants me to do at a certain time. And I didn't go that day. And I went the week after, and security goes, oh, I'm sorry, but um, they're not here this week. I went the second week. They're not back yet. They're still not here yet from hiatus for the two weeks. If you film three, you film two, you get one off. And you, you were 14 three, at this time? Get, yeah, and you get two off. Sure. So I go the third week, and by now, me and security, her name was Mary or Marie, and we became friends, and... She recently, I think last year, tried to send me a message on some sort of Facebook or something of another MySpace. So you know, the huge MySpace. The huge. So, <laughs> so she says, wait a second. So she goes and gets Bill Cosby, and he comes out, and he's wearing a gray jacket suit. He has a cigar and a glass with caught like a milk soda glass, like a water glass filled with coffee and milk. He puts a cigar in his mouth and he shakes my hand and he changed my life. He invited me into the studio and I was to see the home of the Huxtables. <gasps> and I got to meet Felicia Rashad, who played his wife, Lisa Bonet, who played the daughter, the older daughter, Sandra Tempest Bletzel, who played the other daughter, and Keisha Nipilliam. And there was a whole variety of other cast members that were, you know, that were there. And. I don't know if he said, come when you want. You could come when you want, stop by when you want. But I was there clockwork every Wednesday. And you were watching them do from scenes? Scenes from, the, from the, um, the, the bleachers, from the seats. And what was your best moment going forward from that? My best moment is, is one day I, I says to, to Mary Security, I go, hey, I go, if you see Mr. Cosby, tell him that I need to talk to him. She goes, honey, Mr. Cosby just walked down and said, good night, Mario. So a week later, he's outside. He's got his uh, brownish, tannish trench coat on. It's the hat to match, cigar in his mouth, a pair of glasses. That time they had those big oval glasses. Did he have the afro at the time? Uh, no, I didn't. At the 80s, he only had the, the not the, the top one, but the, he had, you know, the whatever Short his hair fade, was. Yeah. Yep. So I says, um... I said, Mr. Cosby, he goes, yes, Mario, what can I do? I go, I'd like to talk to you. He goes, sure, what's the matter? I go, well, he goes, now, by now, it's months later. I started, like you had met him a few times. I, no, I had gone every week. Oh, okay. So I started in August, September, October, November, December. And how close was this to your house? Pr- pretty close? Very close. Okay, so your parents were cool with you walking I over was there. even skipping school to go there, wow. and I got busted by the guy that used to be the PA. He you were talking me. about doing all these shenanigans when you were younger. There you go. And he told Mr. Cosby, Mr. Cosby told me, you can't come that this week because he wouldn't let me in that day. And he won't let me in for next week. He punished me for two weeks because he said, I'm a higher 
on the education side. And if and he was. He was very big with education. And he would have, like, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, Bring Children. Um, he was one of the number one show on television in the 80s, you know. And I would watch the show on TV and watch him film that episode in person or rehearse it. Right. So I asked him, and he goes, yeah, he goes, bring your parents. He goes, and we'll see what we could do. I told him I want to be an actor. I want to be, I said, if Keisha and I play him, could do it. She's a little girl, five, six years old. I could do it. Push forward a week later, and he comes in, and he comes up this side, right side of the stage. He normally would come in this side. It comes right side of the stage, and he goes, hey, Mario. I go, hey. He goes, um, where's your parents? I go, you were serious about that? He goes, Mormon, you and, and everybody, like, they by now, they all loved me. I was, like, part of their family. It's like, go, 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 go. Go get your parents. Go get your mother. Go get. So now I'm calling home, and she's not answering the phone. I'm getting nervous. Where is she? I need her. I need her. And she starts walking up. My mother walks up. I'm new. I'm in East 14. And I'm like, come on. Thank you for coming. I'm like, you. And he met her, and he started sending me out for auditions and the cast. And I didn't really get it. I got a few um, background jobs from the being on the show. I got... um. You know, I got a few auditions for nice. some big things, but uh-huh. I didn't really get like much, um, much from it. But I got a lot of knowledge. These and I was I started ninety three. I wasn't on until two thousand. Only had like a couple of episodes, but mine were like really spectacular episodes. And and the great part, I'm always blessed because I'm always around people like Grant Tinker's son, who is Mark Tinker. Grant Tinker. Is the one that made the Mary Tyler Moore show. You have no clue what I'm talking about. That I do. You know the Mary Tyler Moore show? Of course I've heard of it. Okay. The Mary Tyler Moore show was produced by MTM, which is Mary Tyler Moore, which is also produced by uh, Grant Tinker, whose son, Mark Tinker, directed my episode, which was an honor to me because I'm a big tel- television buff. Um the producers on it were all cops that were once one cop who was a New York detective. He became the executive producer, Bill Clark. David Milch, who was really sick at the moment, and he also was a big hand because he made um, Hill Street Blues and L.A. Law, and, and he made a lot of great... He made a show called Deadwood that was on HBO a few years ago. If then what Pity Blue he did Dead, we did a bunch of different CBS shows and then he went and did Deadwood for what, HBO. Was there like a comedian that made you start comedy? Was there a comedy show that you went to, a connection that you made? No, what happened is is that I was very um We have time to talk, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what happened was is I had um passion for comedy, always. Passion for music, passion for comedy, passion for film. I've always come from television, hanging around with Bill Cosby, from the Cosby Show to the Cosby Mysteries to Cosby. And I've always been around him and his team and his filmmakers. And I was around a, a lot of... I've always urged for that deep throat show business wanting to be a part. Some people would say, would you rather have good health or fame? And I would say... Fame. <laughs> Fame is more important to me because you could have all the money in the world. You could be the richest person, but if you're not happy, you got to be happy. And sometimes, listen, we could get on the stage and we could have a bad set and like our, our frowns go from mm to mm. And we're like, oh, what happened? Your happiness now, you don't have money, but you don't even have happiness because you're, you're dead. 
A lot more production these days. Have you noticed that just, I guess, being in the game the past six years that Instagram and TikTok have been increasingly more important and YouTube, you know, now now that you're doing a lot of stuff too, you're collabing with creators. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed. I used to always try to be like Paul. I see like, I, I gotta be honest with you. I have a lot of friends that are in comedy that are on my level. And we always want to be at the next level. And I see the next, it's like when we went to school. We would be in fourth grade, but there were some kids that were in sixth that were already progressing to the seventh and eighth grade. We're like, but I want to be there. And it's like, but then the kids that are behind me that are just coming into um, kindergarten and first grade are like, but we want to be in that level where Mario was at. So I see these kids in stand-up comedy, and they're like, they're doing a lot of fantastic shows. And I go, but I want to be at that level where I'm doing that show. And it's horrible when you, you, you have to fight that fight. And I forgot what I was just going to say. <laughs> we was just talking about the progression of comedy. Yes. Yeah, so and ta- I was talking about when you first started, there was no TikTok. Instagram reels weren't a thing. Maybe yeah. Facebook was hot. But how has that progressed? How have you seen that? I've seen it progress a lot. And I'm going to tell you what, because today, like, um, the, 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 like I was just saying, the, the generation when we were in school, fourth, you would be in fourth grade, but you would see kids that were in yeah. sixth grade that now are moving up and they don't even really want to associate with you because they're not in fourth or fifth grade in your lunch period or stuff. That's how I see it in comedy. Comedy a lot. is a lot like high I school like, too. I see like, I see like, um, like, hey, I'm down here and... They're like, oh, we're, we're up here, but we'll, we'll say hi to you anyway when we see you. And it's like, how do I pull that rope to get to, like, the clubs, like New York Comedy Club, Stand Up New York, and, like, I'm uh, West Side Comedy Club. And I love these places. And, I mean, like, I've had opportunity where people go, you need to go and audition for the seller. And I'm like, yeah, I think I need to wait just so that I don't bring have a flop. Gotham, another fantastic club. Gotham is another amazing comedy club. There's a lot of comedy clubs in New York. The comedy the best shop, place to be. The comedy shop in the village is one of my favorite comedy clubs. Governor's Comedy Club in Long Island. I got to say, I am where I am because of Governor's Comedy Club. Um, I, I'm very fortunate. That is a fantastic club to play. And, and sometimes... They'll love people. Sometimes the audience is the best judge. So when we were talking about creativity people, like New York Nico, who I tried a very, very long time to get into his palm, meaning in his company, in his, um, in his company of people that he works with, and they are scoring the board on social media. Years ago, they would look at a comedian's tape and say, is he good enough for my stage? Is he what we want? And what is his conversation topics? You talk about what you want to talk about. I'm more for that. But certain topics, like cancer. You don't know who lost who in cancer. There could be a person just came home from a funeral that just needs to laugh and go home and cry. But now... That topic is refreshing in her mind that the person she buried is, is got the word cancer. And it's like, it's like a refresher. So try, I believe, try to do general Italian. Like I do Italian-American, self-deprecating. Yeah, because that's what you know. I'm not going to talk about uh, the, the rants and reigns of things that, that I have no, no hold on. I can't talk about um, t- 
Ted Jones's world if I'm not in Ted Jones's world. Okay, high five to that. Mario, this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Before we get out of here, we're going to pop up your Instagram right here and tell us if there's anything coming up in the next couple of weeks that we should know about. Um, I'm always playing around town. I'm always in New York. I have something in Florida at Snapper's Comedy Club with Mike Marino. Um, it is February 23rd, 24th, 25th. Let if us know your Instagram so we can Mario check it out. Mario Bosco Comedy. For Instagram, Mario Bosco Comedy for TikTok, Mario Bosco Comedy for your sister's ass, <laughs> Mario Bosco Comedy for, well, like I was wanted to finish that note that I was just saying, a lot of club owners say, where do we find our talents? Not from a tape anymore. It's how many followers they have on social media. They'll take a chance with somebody that's got three to four years in that's they're decent. I'm not going to say they were just like, because they're, they're that perfect. And the next Sebastian Meniscalco, Kevin Hart, Kevin James, uh, uh, Fluffy, or whoever they are, um, George Lopez, God bless them. But it, the, the point of the conversation is they'll look at the social media and go, if he could put seats Asses in these seats. It's about putting asses in the seats. Then he could be on my stage. And that's what the modern day comedy business is turning to. And that's why a lot of young comedians like himself, myself, and a lot Dominic Leonelli, um, I see it in all these young comics. They're starving. They're hungry. Somebody told me the other day, you need to be st- you need to stop being so hungry and so desperate and so starving. And I'm like, if I'm not hungry and I'm not desperate and I'm not starving and I'm not aggressive. The next person will be. The next person is going to go and say, hey, I got a little box of chocolates for you. Merry Christmas or happy birthday. Happy Valentine's Day. Or hey, just thinking of you. And guess what? Boom. They're now getting guest spots by the bucket full because they bought a little box of candy. Beautiful. Mario with the ending spiel. Follow Mario. He's hilarious. And we'll see you next time. Mario, thanks so much, bro. Thank you. Peace.